Welcome back, everybody, to the Writing Raw podcast. This is episode three. Um, I am here with Cam. I think everybody remembers Cam. And I am also here with Schwa. Uh, Schwa and I have been working together for how long, Schwa? Like five years, about. Yeah, five years. A lot of learning. Schwa was here at a time in my life, so he saw a lot of me in a, in a lot of pain stages, which is, which is good, right? Also, Schwa, I think you were here towards the end of my marriage, and then you were here throughout my, you know, the next relationship yeah, and, the, yeah, and the breakup yeah. as well. Um, so, five years, you've been around my kid quite a bit, mm-hmm. right? You've seen a lot of this process. It's a beautiful thing to witness. We were talking earlier about doing the the ego episode, but after, after we talked about it, I think it would be very beneficial if we were to slide into this episode and introduce the inner child and the way I got to understand my inner child, how I processed my inner child, how I met my inner child. That was a huge thing for me. It started with throughout the relationships after the relationships i went through four therapists and these four therapists they did your traditional cbt uh, cognitive brain therapy type of therapy and one thing that i noticed through all of them it was a staple was they kept talking how how was my childhood and at first i fought it I, i didn't want to it seemed like i was wasting my time why do we need to talk about my my childhood i i, I had no idea the impact that it would have on who I am now because for me that time in my life is over I want to talk about now let's talk about what I thought I'm a man now let's talk about how I how I need to get better as a man it wasn't until I uh, I read the La Pera book how to do the work and I read a little bit not a lot but I do read and I'm, I'm a pretty fast reader but even through La Pera's book learning about the inner child I couldn't even get through a whole chapter when it came to talking about my inner child. Um, I have no shame. I, I don't care if anybody judges me on it. I cried, man. I wept like a little boy. It was it was beautiful. When I read from LaPere's book and I started to try to understand my inner child, um, I was very blessed in the fact that I have a kid already and... The way I approached my inner child was the same way that I was talking to my kid. So what I did was, I do a lot of walks and talks. I've walked the same path with my dog. I've walked the same path with myself through my neighborhood for the last 15 months. Every Friday, every Saturday night, sometimes three or four times a day. Even during the weekdays after work when I don't have my kid. I walked and I would talk to myself. And I'm sure a lot of the neighbors would look at me like I'm crazy, but I I really don't care if anybody sees me as crazy anymore. But when I walked, I would have this conversation with that little boy inside of me to understand how lost I was, how hurt that little boy inside of me was. I, I lacked a lot of the tools when it came to talk to my inner child But as soon as I allowed that kid inside of me to talk about its emotions and talk about 
especially now, like my perspective on how I understand emotion. My lack of emotion when I was a kid, the things that I was never taught. I'm from your traditional American raised boy where boys don't cry. It's just keep pushing through it. Do what you need to do. Um, what, what I learned was my emotional maturity as a 30-year-old male, even though I had everything that I was supposed to have according to society, I had the house, I had the fence, I, I had the, the nice SUVs, I had the dog, I had the kid. I had all these things going for me, but my emotional maturity was that of an infant. I was a 30-year-old successful guy, male, who had all of the accolades, all the awards, everything that you would aspire to be. But I was an emotionally immature person. And it cost so much that people around me, not only like my loving relationships, but I didn't even understand it until I started having the conversations with my own kid when he would ask me, Dad, what does, what, what's sadness and, and what's happiness? Um, what does it mean to be angry? And when I was trying to teach him, I was just giving him these textbook answers. And that's when I realized, and I don't even, I can't even tell you a personal side. When, when he would ask, like, why is it this way? I was always coming from a, like a, a Merriam dictionary on, on, on these emotions. I don't know. Cam, if you can, tell me how it was for you growing up and your emotional, like how you, how you see yourself emotionally now and how you grew up. So I, I guess I'll start from the beginning as everything is growing up. Um, and don't get me wrong, perfect childhood in my eyes still. But um, from my experience having a dad who was uh, that, you know, cliche kind of, hardworking, business owning, no emotion, fucking, uh, excuse me, through the dirt. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. You've asked me before if something happens or I feel a certain way, like who do I go to to tell them I'm sad or I'm going through something? It's always mom. So not having that male kind of presence or uh, not presence, having not having that male um figure kind of show me it's okay to express these things that I grew up into my teens the same way like um kind of just through the dirt and take it on the chin and uh keep it pushing and that's the expectation so that's kind of the way I went through and through you know like you said Lapera and the talks we have here and everything like that honestly like learning that um expression and everything is life-changing yeah it was it was very big for me um when I finally sank my fingers into my emotions and I and I truly started understanding them uh, the beautiful thing for me is I had the ability to understand and learn emotions the same time as my kid uh, very young child but I mean that's where I was I was stunted I was very stunted and ultimately, we learn together. Schwa, you want to open up a little bit about uh, how you were raised, and, and I want to see it from like your perspective, like from from your dad. Yeah. So um, I'd say like when it comes to the expressing emotion side with the family, 
it was more of a di- kind of just disappear. You know, I would I, I would just disappear, keep everything bottled up, um, not talk to anybody. Um, I, I could talk to my mother. However, I felt like she was dealing with enough, um, you know, and I didn't want to put anything else on her plate. So, you know, it was me and my sister. And uh, if things got really bad, I would go to my sister and just not really say anything. But we both just kind of knew what was going on and we were just in each other's presence. Uh, but, yeah, for me, it was just uh, just kind of disappearing, going into the woods for hours and hours, just just hanging point, out by you're myself. You're trying to figure it out yourself. Yeah, 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 exactly. I didn't want to put it on anyone else. Yeah, it was something that Cam and I talked about in the the last episode, seeing through one lens. At any time that I or Cam would ever feel something that was like an emotional question mark, we'd always go to our mothers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we have a lot of guys and gals that come through the office here. And they open up because we have conversations like this all the time. And a lot of them, they would say the same thing, that it was always going to your mother, that, that female embodiment for it, right? Yeah. So what I did is, is through this, th- this entire process, when I went to go learn about my emotional uh, immaturity and how can I get mature, and at the same time I got my little, you know, I got my kid, my little battle buddy, what I did was I put him in front of a piano. And I know we talked about this a couple of days ago. Yeah. I put my kid in front of a piano and I said, what I want you to do is push on the keys how you think you feel these different emotions. And I said, play me something for happiness. And he hit those bright high keys, right? Yeah. And I said, show me anger. And he stomped both hands on all the deep keys. And I said, tell me sadness. And then he just played two keys just very melancholy. Wow. So it was in there, and we started to learn together, and we made it an everyday thing when I would say, hey, man, how are you feeling? And he would open up with, I'm feeling good. And that was always my typical answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The difference is, is he's, you know, at the age that he's at, mm-hmm. he's so young, and for him to say good, it's almost acceptable. So yeah. it's, it's on me to expand that. Yeah. But why was I... You know, a 30-year-old male saying that, well, I'm good, because that's what I would always say, Yeah. right? So now I would challenge him, what else other than good? Well, I feel hungry. Awesome. Yeah. You know, you feel hungry, and maybe that's why you're acting the way that you are. Are you feeling tired? Yeah, Dad, I'm feeling tired. Or, of course, you know, kids, they're never tired, right? Yeah. But uh, he's finally at the place now, and this is after... 15 months of doing this as often as I see him um, where he'll say dad I'm tired and it's it's just so he doesn't have to put up this big strong front no, yeah he's used to talking about his he's, emotions and he's open up about it yeah um, I think a lot of the uh, the emotional what we process emotion as as males and I, and I want to take away from the females on this but my goal on this, this process is to try to unpack the male, understand the male as best as I can. We try to bridge the gap between the conversation between man and woman. You've got to understand both sides of it. And I want to tear open the male and understand it. And realistically, this is everything that we're doing. This is everything that I have been doing for the last 15 months. Trying to understand myself and put it onto a platform 
to help people, to help people, you know, get through those relationships. For all the single mothers, I know that there's a lot of single mothers out there. And not necessarily single, but you could be in a relationship and you're raising the kids kind of by yourself. We just talked about it a minute ago. The kids go to the mother for all of their emotional needs. The reason that I wanted to really tear the roof off of this thing is because, once again, I was under the, the false impression through society that at the age of 18, I was a man. That was, that was told to me, right? That's the, that's the general definition when you become 18. You're a man. Turning 18 and age doesn't mean anything. You know, we come out, we're this baby, we become a child, we become a male at the age of 16, 17, 18, all the way up, you know, you're still just a male. And then once you start to, to get a job, pay your taxes, get a house, have a wife, kids, all those things that we're quote-unquote supposed to do, um, that makes you a responsible male. That makes you a responsible adult. At that point, you are a provider. I take this term very seriously. Man, a man, a true man, is somebody who can talk about every facet of himself and do everything that he can for his family. A man is somebody who can provide a better life for his children and for the people around him. Just because you have a job, just because you've been married for 30 years, that doesn't make you a man because you're paying something. You're a man because you have a higher moral standard for yourself. And you're a man because you're providing that type of knowledge and toolage for the world around you. That's my honest belief. Josh, what do you think? I think uh, you're, you're pretty much spot on there. Um, yeah, just, uh, just because you're doing these things that you should be doing anyway doesn't make you any better than, you know, 90% of the people around you. You you have to do certain things, uh, like you said, that impact people around you and um, in a positive way uh, and be able to, you know, know yourself and be able to express that to everyone else um, in, a, in a healthy way, I think, um, is, a, is an important part of it. So this is something I experienced, um, I had to be over, over a year ago, late last summer, and uh, a little personal here, it all stemmed because my, my dad had a heart attack. And I have two older brothers. Um, they're 11 and 12 years older than me, so much older. I grew up as the you know, little kid, all that stuff, and um, always felt that way because of that. But I realized recently, semi-recently, that uh, the brother uh, right above me, the one that's 11 years older than me, um, he's now coming to me for a lot of stuff. And when that happened, that situation in our family, he kind of, uh, he opened that door to me. And it just so happened I was in the middle of um, La Pera and, and, and the starting stages of fixing myself and really just like ramping up, like the graph of progress was just skyrocketing. And um, with the the whole being a man thing, like obviously he's 11 years old. I mean, he has a job, he's stable, he has all these things. But the end of the day his emotional maturity is and you know pretty low where and this is things that we've talked about and opened up about where he can't um handle situations the way that he wants to he reacts and overreacts he um 
when situations happen, he almost can't control himself. So um, we talked this metaphor a couple of days ago, but that kid throwing sand in the sandboxes, he, yeah. he's the first one to toss that handful. And being able to see it firsthand in the way that I've progressed and now that I'm knowledgeable on that stuff um, and being able to see the other side of it is realizing, like, even though he's 35 in a man's body, um, he's not really producing as he should. And without doing that work and realizing all of these things and not even because, like, like I said, we talk. Now he's aware, but he's still acting the same way because he hasn't really put in any solid work to do it. He's just like, yeah, I know I'm that way. Now what? I'm that way. So that's going to open a huge, huge side of this. A lot of this comes from, from life experience. Uh, why did we get here? Why, why am I sitting here right now, and why are we talking about this? For your typical male, I firmly do believe this, roughly at an age of 35, roughly, you kind of have a lot of your things together, if you will. You're successful in the world's eyes. You're paying your taxes. You have a favorite sports team that, that you're paying attention to. Uh, you got some new hobbies. You like to grill. You like to do these things. You are a responsible male. You are providing for the people around you. Why do you need to change? Your emotional, where you're at emotionally now, is where you were when you were at the age of 18. Let's say when you went into this marriage. Why do I need to change now? And this is where I'm going to tear it open. <clears throat> That's where I was. Why do I need to change how I perceive and understand emotion? I've got everything going for me. When my lover's ex-relationships would come to me with an emotional problem, they would try to open up emotionally. What I would do instead of sitting with them and, let's say, hugging it out or having that conversation, I would do what I was taught to do. I would do what I trained myself to do. I would try to, and I would, perform an action or a task with my hands. I was very good with my hands. And I figured if I can fix this thing, and I was always trying to fix things, because essentially that's the way I'm built. And I think a lot of males are built that way, to yeah. fix. If there's a problem, I'm going to try to fix this problem because there's a hundred other priorities. Like we talked about it, uh, episode two, where I can only focus on one thing at a time. But that list on me, all those priorities all that weight, I can feel that weight all the time. So if you were to come to me with a problem as my partner, I would try to do something with my hands in action or to try to do a task to make you happy, to show you that I can take care of you. So let's put it in a, in a story. You, you come to me and you say you're feeling this way because I haven't been paying very much attention to you. Instead of me saying, can you explain to me what that, what that means? What I would do is I would write you more love notes. Right, I perform this action, yeah. but I'm not actively talking to you. And what I learned about myself now is I was performing these actions not for you, but I was actually performing them for me to stroke my own ego to show that I can fix this thing with something tangible. Instead of having the words with you, I would give you something, right? I couldn't talk about my emotions because 
I didn't understand my emotional maturity. I couldn't even process my own emotions, let alone process yours. So if I'm in a situation where somebody knows more than me, and of course, in, you know, in the United States, we're always taught to be number one, right? You always have to be number one. I always have to be the winner and the leader. And also as the male, I'm looked at to be the leader. So if you come to me with these feelings that you're having and I can't comprehend it, I feel like I'm failing. And then once again, we were taught never to fail. So at this point, I have to give my power over to you. And that's something I was really not prepared for, was to hand that power over to my, my significant other. I couldn't hand that power over to my partner. I felt like if I was to give that power to my partner, I would seem weak. Even if it meant emotions. I can't talk about my sadness because it'll make me seem weak. I couldn't let you know that I had the emotional maturity as the same child that was running around the house, right? I couldn't put myself on his level. So instead of putting myself on that level, I would just try to perform an action. Now, Schwal, there is something you brought up. The type of emotions that we cannot control... And that would lead us into, let's say, an argument, mm -hmm. right? A lot of this, of course, my, uh, my last relationships, I don't know about you, but I would never let you see me cry. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was a big part. Yeah. yeah. You'll never see me cry. So sadness is automatically off the table. I'm going to push that down. Yeah. You're never going to see me cry. Yeah. Because I'm a man, right? If you think about it, what are some of the other emotions that you can't control? Like you for yourself. Because I'm sure it's the same as me, and I'm sure it's going to be the same as Cam. Yeah. Honestly, I'd say pretty much every emotion I don't think is you're able to fully control, um, in my, my opinion. I think if you're happy, you're just happy. If you're sad, you're sad. Um, I think there's other ones that um, can be destructive if you can't control them. So those, you need to get a grasp on those which it's, you know, something I'm actively working on and, you know, um, I don't have it all figured out. But, um, yeah, I think, I, think, uh, cert I think every emotion, just it just builds in you. And whether it be a good one or a bad one, um, I think it's just something that happens to you. It's not something that you consciously decide. For sure. So it's like the primal comes out. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So when the primal comes out, we talked about this with the Venn diagram. We believe that every person has got a primal side to them, a child side to them, and then the adult side. And ultimately, the adult side should keep the child side and the primal side in check. Mm -hmm. But there are times when I was in this emotional, immature state, I would get angry. I would get so angry that the adult side of myself lost control, yeah. and now it's the child who's taking control. And then when my eyes would water up and I would start sweating my palms, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, yeah. you lose control of yourself. Yes. You say things, you throw things. Cam made a good point a minute ago. You, if you're the child side, you're, you're in the sandbox and you're throwing sand. Yeah. And if you throw your sand at somebody who's also emotionally immature and you're starting to hit their trigger points, then they as well, are gonna, they're going to start throwing sand back. Yeah. And now you've got two children who are trying to have a conversation who just lost all control of all of their emotions. And at that point, where are you going to go with that? 
Yeah, I was going to um, touch up on that, the same thing, kind of the same route you went, was the most common, I think, in, in my personal experience is the emotion that is the hardest to control is anger. Whether it be a lot of men can be destructive, so whether it be walking away and throwing something or whatever, that's the child coming out, you lose cold, uh, control of your um, emotions in, in that way. But, um, yeah, personal experiences, uh, anger is a big one. Um, sadness, I think, I honestly think sadness is from uh, childhood was just suppressing that so much is I can make myself not cry. I can act not sad all the time. That's that's a no-brainer, easy beans. But, uh, yeah, anger is, that's a rough one. And like like Josh said, is I'm still working on that every day all the time every situation something happens i get angry i get upset yeah um it always kind of arises where i i still have to actively tell myself like this is this is what you should be doing this is the route this is stuff it's not subconscious yet um hopefully it will be i don't know if it ever is for anybody but so a lot of the time when that happens i remind myself after the fact you know, mm-hmm. something already happened. I said something that I regret already. Yep. And now I have to remind myself after the fact. And damage has already been done. You know, yeah. it's 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 hard to like it's hard. Well, you can all I mean, like you said, the damage is, is already done, but you can always kind of pull back in the right ways and the wrong ways where um, I mentioned it before with back to the sandbox uh, thing is still to this day, things happen. And sometimes that that inner child wins and I pick up that first uh fistful of sand and throw it yeah and then as soon as it leaves my hand I realize what I did yeah in the middle of the argument whether it be after in the middle and I kind of have to now after realizing all of it as soon as it happens I see it I realize it and that's where I'm able to break it down like hey I'm sorry I threw that sand I shouldn't have let's let's settle back down and rebuild from there yeah um it's hard so I think that is the progress but um, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's a, a sure fix or it'll always be subconscious, but just being aware and being able to fix it, um, on the spot is yeah. a start, I guess. Yeah. It's a start <laughs> for sure. So like you, uh, Schwa, you said, sometimes it is hard. The damage has been done and it's hard to sit to like, what do I do about this? And a lot of it when we go to touch on ego in the next couple episodes, if you, if you have completely unprocessed that ego, that negative ego, right, then you're going to have the ability to, to have that conversation and it's going to be hard. But for me, what I did a lot of the times is I stomached it. Let's say I gave this shallow, Hey, I'm sorry, but I still kept it inside of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we really didn't process anything. Mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, I'm sorry that I said these things. Yeah. I'm sorry that you took it this way. Yeah. When instead, it's like, no, I said it. I need to own up to it. And, it, and I think it's one of the things that it comes from childhood. Whenever you get into a fight or a disagreement with, with somebody and uh, you point those fingers, or you're the reason for this. Mark my words. Every relationship that ever fails, there's two people involved. There's two. There are going to be certain points in our life, because nobody's perfect, and nobody will ever be perfect. That was a very big pill for me to swallow, because I thought I was perfect. (laughs) A very big pill for me to swallow, because if anybody caused me any strife, it was that other person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
but obviously I wanted to continue the relationship to keep going. So I would just say, I'm sorry, or I would just quote unquote, forget about it. Mm -hmm. But you don't forget about it. Yeah. It's always in there. Mm -hmm. The goal would be to have somebody who can meet you in that conversation. Somebody you can be vulnerable with somebody you can be, because obviously you were just in an uncomfortable moment. You lost yourself. Your eyes are teary. Your hands are palm. You're sweaty. You've lost sight. You don't have any focus anymore. You're just on a full on, you're ready to beat, right? Somebody, I want somebody who can, I can explain that to. Instead of stomaching all the time. Yeah. Right. You asked me a question, Schwa, about this subject. You said, if you were in that moment when you saw red and somebody across from you is trying to give you some positive feedback, would you be receptive if I'm angry and my partner is trying to give me the keys to like, this is what you're doing right now. Would I be receptive to it? I don't think anybody would be receptive to it mm. because it would come at a point. Whereas now I feel like I have this anger towards you mm -hmm. and now you're trying to coach me through it. So in a way it's like, okay. am I feeling yeah. manipulated okay. in that moment? Right. I understand that. Yeah. I see, I see your points. I do believe, because I've had it from uh, both point of views of what I'm going to say, but I do believe it, it matters who it is and what validity that person has uh, like to you. Um, I've had it happen uh, here with, with people who, you know, I'm upset about something or something like that, and they'll just keep hitting me with positive, positive, positive. And it is the most frustrating thing in the world. Where it's like I don't I don't want your positivity right now. Either, either join me and let's you know let's vent about this, or or like help me back. And I know that's what they may be trying to do. But um, on the other side of that, uh, somebody holds a little bit more weight, such as like my partner. And uh, when things happen with this, is uh, it it hits different. I don't know how else to say it because that. Like that person holds more weight and I can see it more for what it is, is that they're trying to help me to come back to this neutral zone where we can talk about this versus them just trying to talk me off of my anger ledge so that they can move on about their day. Yeah, th I think that those are the people that say, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's like I, I can see it in your nonverbals for sure. I've got some really great writer friends um, and I mention them in my stories sometimes. And one of the things that I learned from them that I didn't know about just myself or, or us, instead of saying, like, I'm fine, is for me to understand that you need your space, right? Yeah. And it's really hard for me. I'm a very good fixer. I fix very well, at least in my head. And that could be the ego speaking right there, right? <laughs> I have to understand that sometimes you need your space. Because yeah. everybody's built differently. Not everybody's built like me. Whereas, like, if I'm seeing a problem, I need to put my hands in it right now. But sometimes people need their space. My goal would be, and this is what I would say, in this moment right now, I can tell you're not fine. Just can you tell me that you need your space right now? Yeah. And I can leave you alone. Yeah. If you need to go on that walk, I, I've had the conversation with uh, Denise and Steph. Sometimes they just, they need to go on that walk. Let them go on that walk, brother. Yeah can't fix it right now yeah 
Do you? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Cool. At least you can say this makes me feel uncomfortable, but I, I can use my words and tell you that instead of pushing it down, making me feel, and here's the key to it, rejected. I feel rejected because the way that I'm built is I never want anybody within my circle or especially my loved ones to ever feel pain. Yeah. I would burn my, I'm, I would go to the depths of hell for the people that I love and I just don't ever want you to feel pain. But sometimes for you not to feel that pain is you just need to have a breather. You need to have that space. Yeah. I can't quick fix everything in life. The bad thing is, is within our job, our profession that we do here, we do it very quick, very fast, all day, all the time. And we're very good at it. What takes me 20 minutes to fix in my profession on a 10-hour day, that gives me... And we're going to touch on this, that instant gratification. Like, I'm really good at my job, my profession. The problem is, is I try to take that same concept and apply it to my relationship with a person. Yeah. You can't treat your person that same way. You can't. And it's not always going to be that easy. That's a rough one. <laughs> so I think, um, I think in order to give let that person walk away or you yourself walk away it takes two emotionally mature people because i've tried to walk away and i get followed <laughs> you know <laughs> um and and you know it doesn't just go this way it's maybe i'm not done expressing myself yet and now they're trying to leave it, it takes it takes two emotionally mature people i think well, yeah, to, uh, yeah. I, and i think it it like you're saying, it takes both sides because if I need to be receptive, say I'm the one who, who either needs that walk away or whatever. In a lot of instances, say, say we're in an argument, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell you, Hey, you need to, you need to walk away and cool off. That, that could not go over very well in a lot of instances. <laughs> Don't tell you know? me what I need. Yeah, to do. I know. But in the relationship we have, I feel like if it's said in the right tone and all these other, you know, ways i feel like you would take that with oh, some for sure with yeah, some yeah, yeah, and yeah, say okay yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. you know and i think that's the biggest part is being able one to to have a a partner build those uh build that foundation so that you're able to say these kind of things and for them to understand it's a good thing and not like oh just get away from me or or the storm out because nobody wants to be stormed out on that's you know say get yeah. followed like i'm not done talking to yeah. you yeah yeah. And we'd like this isn't settled yet. I think um, if that is something that you need to do in order to calm down, I think you need to express that to your partner beforehand, Bef while you're in a good place. Or Say, in a positive hey. way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like um, you're in a good place, you guys just watching TV, whatever. Say, hey, can we talk? Sometimes when I get upset, I need to walk away. You know what I mean? And, yes. Uh, just just put those guidelines out first so they're not just left hanging when mm -hmm. you when you leave you know what i mean and um me and my wife uh we just finished a uh, marriage class and um <laughs> they said uh like how far can you go like can i grab my keys can i get out of here <laughs> cuz like you don't want to just be sitting there like are they coming back you yeah. know what i mean so just i think uh it's important to set those guidelines before before anything bad happens mm -hmm. like you said a foundation communication babe <laughs>
I had this piece that I wrote a while, I think maybe a month ago, and I was referring to myself, but I said, she finally removed, something along the lines, she finally removed every expectation from everybody around the world, and she found true peace, because that's what I had to do, that's, that's where I was at in life. I had to take every expectation from everybody around me and throw it in the trash. Yeah. It was me versus me. That's who it was. It was me learning me, understanding myself. Now, moving forward, like you're saying, Schwa, when you have to set those guidelines, expectations on your partner. Mm-hmm. Cam Cam and I talked about it in the, before. There should be expectations. You should tell me, like, there are some times that I have to just walk away. I have to go yeah. for a walk. Yeah. That way, I don't feel, like I said, rejected. I don't feel scared. I don't feel like I just lost. Yeah. And for the male to feel like I just failed. Yeah. Like I've never had anybody, or there, there are a lot of people, you know, when you talk about your inner child, you know, with those abandonment issues, you just walked out that door. Like, for oh my sure. God, you yeah. just triggered something. Yes. You know, sometimes it can only take a couple of minutes and you just triggered something that was so deep for me. Um, I want to swing this, the, the inner child into what I think uh, the reason we act like children sometimes. I'll start with something good. It's always nice to start with something good. Have you ever seen me on a jet ski and I'm smiling? That's my inner child, right? That's my kid letting loose. And there are some times my inner child wants to come out in a positive and playful way. I see it here at work with us. You know, sometimes we act like children. And I think it's, it's good. Let, yeah. that, let that kid out. It's healthy. Yeah. It is very healthy. Now, the caveat, there's also very unhealthy ways. I think when a responsible male or responsible female, let's say they cheat on their partner, they're coming at it from their inner child is looking for validation within themselves. Their inner child is looking for uh, attention. They're seeking something. If you do something that you would view as wrong in society, you know, um, like getting a DUI, you can see it as like you're being an irresponsible adult, but also you let your kid, that inner child, have the keys. Yeah. Think you get away with these things. And I think it's something that I want to tag into when we do dive into the next episode, or it's going to be episodes because we could probably talk months about ego what we've learned about ego when we tie in validation the good and bad sides of validation because validating somebody could be a very good thing but it could also be a very bad thing so we're going to talk about ego validation and the truth bomb of instant gratification and what it's doing to the world what i've seen it do to the world and of course you guys have a much younger opinion than me not much just a little bit just a <laughs> no, little bit much younger no, just, yeah. um but the level of instant gratification and how it feeds that, that ego within ourselves. What I'd like to do is, is sign off from this episode. I want to let everybody know that here are three guys pouring what we know and what we're still learning. Uh, experience, life, knowledge. This isn't like the perfect... We're, we're still learning. We're always learning. I'm still learning to use this microphone. We're doing this all from work still because it's a very comfortable place for us to talk. 
Um, it's a very good vibe here. It's a very good vibe with, with Schwa. I, wanna, I appreciate your time. Cam Cam for making all this happen too. Um, in the future, we're going to be bringing more males on here and getting their perspective. I want to hear the young lines and, and the lines that I've surrounded myself with in the past. And then eventually what I want to do is bring the, uh, the women who have guided me, especially for this last year, their perspective on things. And there may be things that are said on any of these episodes that people don't agree with. But, you know, everybody's doing the best they can with what they know. And all we're trying to do is learn. That's it. Schwa, I want you to be able to have a very happy and fruitful marriage. Yeah. That's what I want. I never want for you to go through the things that I went through or a lot of the uh, the followers that I have on my page, what they went through. Yeah. And for your wife to feel the same. And same thing for you, Cam Cam. You know, the goal is to try to end a lot of this pain. Just want peace everywhere. Love. Want love everywhere. So I appreciate everybody. Cam. It's fun. Inner child fired me up. I'm ready for ego. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank Josh. you. I'll see Thanks. you guys later.